Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting-edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, sounds good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. Yeah. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Just the Tips. This is James P. Friel. I am super excited to have you guys here today. I have a guest who I know very well who's been a big help for me and my business for a while now, and uh, super excited to have Nancy Schlesinger with us today. Before I hand the mic over to Nancy, I have to introduce somebody to you guys. You know him, but he's different today. Today, he is the new and improved Dean Holland. Welcome to the show. The new and improved. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> you could have told me what I've improved on so I could be aware of this. <laughs> well, I was hoping you could tell me. I was sort of hoping you had improved. This was the, my, this was the power of auto-suggestion. <laughs> you mean you just wasn't satisfied with my former self? <laughs> yeah. So, so please, please, Dean, please tell me that there's something, some improvement that we can expect today. <laughs> Um, well, I, I guess I'm just going to have to bring a new kind of attitude to the to the show today. Like, I'm just got to be up my game, be a little better in all areas, and, and try and impress you. Well, maybe what you could do, because because uh, the guest we have on the show today, Nancy, is a fellow Brit. Yeah. Uh, calm down, Nancy. We haven't gotten to you yet. So she's obviously very excited. I feel outnumbered. So maybe maybe today you can wow everybody with your uh, your American accent so that I don't feel so alone. <laughs> Water. <amongst> the... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nancy, how are you today? Well, I'm very well, thank you, James. I'm very much looking forward to this little uh, fun podcast we've got here. I feel like it's going to be a very proper podcast oh, with yes. my two British friends here today. So, Nancy, you're genius. I'm just going to let the cat out of the bag right away, and then we can unpack it is really hiring and understanding how to manage people and uh, build teams and organizations. And, and I think it's something that we're, uh, we're super excited to talk with you about today because all of a lot of the guests that we've had so far have been marketing-focused, sales-focused. All of us know who are running businesses. You know, you've got to have marketing, you've got to have sales, but if you want your company to grow, you've got to have people and those people can't be running around disorganized like chickens with their heads cut off. And that's where uh, that's where you come in, isn't it, Nancy? That is absolutely, yeah. We, we try not to hire too many chickens with their heads cut off. Um, find it doesn't work terribly well. From time to time, it's okay. Yeah, if you want that kind of thing, yeah. But no, yeah. We, we try not to do that where we can avoid it. Right. Excellent. You have an interesting background, and I know because, uh, you know, we've talked frequently. You weren't always in hiring. You actually started out as a physicist. That's right. Yeah, because we kind of got that sciencey bit in common, really, haven't we? I mean, I know you're yeah. a bit of a rocket scientist. But yeah, that's, that's where I started off. But to me, I mean, physics is more a way of thinking. And that's what I've tried to apply to the things I do is really, I suppose I am a bit more like you than I was going to admit here. But I'm a bit of a systems person. It's not a bad thing, Nancy. isn't it? It's okay to be like me. Oh, so what Dean said wasn't <laughs> true then. Okay. No, you can't believe anything that <laughs> Right. Yeah, okay. Well, 
because I, I like a system for doing stuff. And that's really, I think, the thing that's tied my whole career together is that most of it is just looking at how can we get a really good system for doing this thing that we need to do? And what is the sort of easiest, most cost effective way? Because basically, I'm just lazy. And I just <laughs> well, don't I guess, like, I, and that's what you have in common with Dean. Yeah, we're, we're, exactly. Like, we're, we're introducing all these new elements. I today. was, I was actually just about to say, I feel really cut out now of this podcast. <laughs> I can see why you two are just going to connect so well. Yeah. And then you said the lazy thing, and I'm straight yeah. back in the game. <laughs> I, I just hate to spend extra effort doing something when it's not necessary. I don't mind if it is, but when it's not necessary, uh, you know, I hate it. So I, I'm actually always prepared to put in a bit more effort to work a system out so that things work really smoothly and then you don't have to put that extra effort in. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say that's lazy, though. I'd say that's just mm. smart. Yeah, I suppose so. But I, I see a lot of people around, and you probably do too, who put so much effort into doing stuff. And you think, God, you work so much harder than I do. But does it really get you what you need? You know, it's. Um, well, I know I see that a lot with all the entrepreneurs that I talk to is – there's always going to be waste. Like mm. you can't avoid waste, yeah. right? Yeah. That's part of creating and growing and expanding and stuff like that. But you get these people and I think there's like this false sense of if I just work mindlessly hard and hustle and grind and there's nothing wrong with, mm. you know, working hard, but mindlessly doing it doesn't produce results. Like it yeah. just doesn't. But you see, I think it's, it's, you remember some of the conversations we had, you know, when we first started working together and you were talking about people who work for companies and people who don't, and you, you couldn't really understand that there were actually people who wanted to work for companies because you thought everyone should be self-employed and stuff. And I think that <laughs> I did, for the record, I never said that. You did. Don't you? believe me. We're going to have to. <laughs> but the, the key thing to me is if you set up the system correctly, so the person is happy and they're, it's in their best interest to do what needs to be done in the most efficient and effective and sort of happy way, then things go really well. Um, but when you do it the other way, like if you start paying people by the hour to do stuff, it's very easy for that person to think, well, I kind of want this to take a bit longer because then I'll get paid more. You know, just setting those sorts of things up like that in the first place and, you know, not trusting people to do a good job and not giving them the control to improve what they're doing and not making it clear why they're doing stuff. All those sorts of things just lead to inefficient systems and people not being happy in their work and people not doing things well, in my personal view anyway. So I kind of like to look at the whole thing and see, well, how can we make it as easy as possible for this person to do a great job? basically. So let me ask you this. So smart, lazy, whatever we want mm. to call it for the next few minutes, you are like that. Mm. And where, where do you see people wasting tremendous amounts of time in managing people, hiring people, like all that stuff? Cause you've, you've been mm. in the recruiting space for, you know, for quite some time now. Yeah, Surely you must have some I mean, what one of the biggest, you know, just to give a specific example, one of the biggest wastes of time is trying to see if you've got a good candidate by looking at their CV or resume. I mean, that is just such a waste of time because it's just not possible. You really, really can't tell if a candidate's any good by looking at a resume or CV. But that is what most people do. And in fact, I think that's what you were doing before we worked together, wasn't it? Again, I plead the fifth. So let's <laughs> keep moving. Um, so... So, so, all right. So if you can't, if you can't rely on a resume, which is w like the most widespread 
thing that people do mm-hmm. right now, right? They're like, oh, oh wait, yeah. do I got to hire somebody. Let, like, let's have an avalanche of resumes fall on my head. We aren't going to waste enough time doing that. Why don't we ask them for a cover letter as well? Because we can make even more time <laughs> if we have a cover letter we've got to read through as well. So, yeah. <laughs> yes, total waste of time. All right, so so far we've gotten everything that everyone is doing in hiring is wrong. I love how in the first eight minutes we've just destroyed recruiting tradition (laughs) for the last few decades. (laughs) This is awesome. I'm excited. (laughs) All in the name of laziness. Yeah. Well, you know, finding the right candidate because it's just a really good resume or CV comes in and it's good because either that person is really good at writing CVs and resumes or they know they're not and they've hired someone else to do it. But neither of those skills tend to correlate with them being any good at the job that you've got vacant, unless that job is writing CVs. There could also be a third option. They could just be a really good liar. Well, you see, even, you know, that, and that's a good point. We, we met someone recently who'd hired someone and half the stuff on her CV was actually untrue. Half of it. Wow. <laughs> I know. I mean, just, I thought that was quite extreme. But yeah, you see, even if you're a good liar, though, Dean, you have to know what to lie about, don't you? Well, that's true. And yeah. To make it look good. So, yeah, I mean, and I've also, I mean, th- that's the kind of one side, but the other side is that there are many, many really good candidates who are rubbish at writing their resumes and their CVs. And so what so many people have done, I know, you know, if you're listening to this, you've probably done this yourself, is they have dismissed candidates who actually were really good because the CV looked so bad. And that's that's the really bad bit that you've missed out on some really excellent candidates because of that. Speaking of liars on resumes, I got a funny story. Oh, God. First company that I worked for out of college was a really big software company, like top 10 in the world. And when I was there for maybe six months or something, the, the CEO of the company sent an email out to everyone in the company, announced that our CFO, this is a publicly traded company on, yeah. like the, on the NASDAQ. The CFO was, uh, was being fired because for 10 years, he had convinced everyone he'd gone to Stanford Business School when, when in fact he was a college dropout. No. <laughs> yeah. And, and the funniest, the, I don't know, funny, ironic, whatever, he was an excellent CFO. Yeah, like, you see, the guy, that was, was going to be my next in, question. He, yeah, the, the guy that yeah. we got in after him who did, you know, I think he was yeah. a legitimate Wharton MBA, was nowhere near as good yeah. as Ken, the guy who had uh, faked up his re- yeah. resume to get the job. And you see, that is such a brilliant point because so often – the great qualifications do not correlate with a person who's really good at the job. So what you really need to do is find out, can they do the job? Not have they got this glittering resume and CV. I mean, we, we've all known people who had fabulous qualifications and were just useless in the job, haven't we? We sort of torn this to shreds. Mm. <laughs> CVs <laughs> go right in the shredder, cover letters. Don't even, don't even think about no, it. Absolutely. Let's just be realistic here. So, all right. So that's the wrong way to do it. And that produces mm. all sorts of waste on the candidate, on the people hiring on, yeah. on all that. Tell us, tell us the new way to do it. The, the right way is to find out if they've actually got the skills and the behaviors and the values you're looking for. And that's what you need to be focusing on and working out, well, how can I 
find that out from this candidate? You know, what are the key things I really need the person to do? And the trouble is most people don't actually sit down and think about that. They just think, oh, well, I need, you know, a new PA or a new production manager or a new MD or whatever it is. But they don't say, right, how would I know that I had the right person? Like your your company obviously already had the right person and they probably knew that. <laughs> I, yeah, I think that is such a great story, James. But most people, you know, do that in reverse. They just think, oh, yeah, they must have this 2-1 or first and they must have gone to Stanford or whatever without thinking, well, does that mean they'll be able to do the job? All right. So so get, so give me an example of some, you know, you could change the names to protect the innocent, mm. especially if it's me. Yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> so give, give me an example of how you actually find out whether somebody can do the job before you hire them and the well, new way of doing it as opposed to just reading tea leaves off of the resume. Well, here's a really simple one. Um, we do a lot of work with vets, strangely, because I started working with a vet in Australia, even though we're here in the UK. We, we helped him hire a load of people and we developed some really simple tests for the veterinary nurses to do. So if you're a veterinary nurse, you have to prepare stuff for the vet doing the operation. And um, so you have to prepare a load of, you know, tools and medical instruments and so on. So one of the questions that we, we posed to people was, you are um, preparing for the vet to do this particular operation. Here's a whole load of photos of different specific things, different tools and stuff. Pick out the ones that you would put into the kit ready for the operation. Now, I know you're thinking, but surely any veterinary nurse would be able to pick those things out. <laughs> but astonishingly, um, only the good ones can. So very quickly, you've got a really simple test that will filter out quite a lot of your candidates um, who just don't know what they're doing. I mean, just as a, an extra little aside here, I don't know if either of you has ever watched Doctor Who, but the client um, is a really, really keen Doctor Who fan. And we actually put in a sonic screwdriver as one of the items uh, on (laughs) (laughs) these pictures. And one of the candidates actually put it in and said, of course, I would only use a sonic screwdriver if I was operating on K9, which is the (laughs) mechanical dog Doctor Who has. And we thought, wow, that's really impressive. She got an interview, obviously. Um, (laughs) But, you know, very, very simple test. I mean, when I say it, it's so obvious, isn't it? All right. So then like logistically, because my mind Ooh. goes, okay, cool. That sounds like a good idea. Yeah. How, how does all of this happen? Like, do you like set up a site? Form, James. Application right. form. You just, there's plenty of forms you can use on the web now. And they're really flexible. Uh, loads of, we, we use JotForm, but there's lots of others you can use. And you just put a question in there. You just click a link through to a load of pictures or you have a list of whatever it is, just get the candidates to answer the questions. Pretty straightforward, really. And how many of these questions do you think is sufficient to get, you know, weed the, you know, the cream from the rest of it? Well, you see, that's quite an interesting question. And depending on the job, um, I think you need to think about how long will it take a person to fill in the form? Because People who are applying for veterinary nurse, they're not going to spend three hours filling in the form. But someone who's applying for a really senior post may well spend three or six hours filling in a form if they really want the job and it's got the right questions. And um, so in some ways, it's not sort of the number, it's more the length of time. But probably 10 is a is a good maximum, really. If you've got more than that, you 
probably want to be thinking, have I got too many? But that's a reasonable, reasonable figure. Dean, were you, uh, sorry, were you going to say something? I was, I was actually, I'm... <laughs> He got, he got me again. He got me again. We have, we have a love hate thing going on here. I, I definitely pick up on this from on the regular. So I, I just I just want I think I need to just so I just so I understand. Bear in mind I I'm on the call here with two physicists and yeah. or ex physicists. I'm I'm the high school dropout. Okay, so I just need to connect oh. the dots here a little. So why is he on this call, James? I don't know. I could mute him if you yeah. prefer an answer. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I thought we were accent buddies here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She just threw you straight under that big double-decker red bus in London. <laughs> so sorry, dude. Go on, fire away. I, I just need to connect the dots here before we yeah. go too far ahead. I think so. Yeah. Norm. So take taking myself for example. So recently, we've we've moved into an office and we've done quite a lot of hiring recently, yeah. which James actually helped me with. Now. Mm. So we actually advertise these these positions on mm. particular job sites here in the UK. Yeah. And the way in which it worked is people did submit CVs and they answered yeah. a few questions that we put out. Now, yeah. how, how do you get to this stage? So we've just kind of got to a stage where they're actually doing like a, a practical thing where they're, yeah. you know, you gave that example. But mm. how did you even get to that stage if you're like, are you getting submitted CVs and people are applying is what you're saying, but you're not actually giving any sort of weight to those. That's not how you're gauging the exactly. position. Exactly. Yeah, okay. when people okay. I, was apply, lo- I was just missing the dots there. I yeah, think. sorry. We just send them to an application form. We don't even look at the CV. We only look at the CV if they have filled the application form in and met the required standard. So I we know. probably look at like 10 CVs, not even I that see. sometimes. Okay. Yeah, okay. Now it makes sense. I just wanted to yeah. make sure I was No, clear. that's All fine. Right, Good you. question. <laughs> <laughs> Are you celebrating, James? Because it's very rare that I ask a good question. <laughs> I felt that was in order. <laughs> yeah. Good one, good one. All right. So, okay. So, which is a good question, though. It really is. Because, like, you got to ask, like, at the beginning, of the, like, where are those people coming from? Yeah, anyway, right. Yeah. Right? You can't just put the application out there and expect yeah. people are going to find it somehow. Yeah. So so now they've they've filled out this application. They've... You know, you you screened a bunch of people out, and then you're saying after that, what what happens next? Well, I always recommend a telephone interview for various reasons. Firstly, it's a really good way to filter your for your next stage filter because it's much cheaper than a face to face interview. Sometimes, in the first five or ten minutes on a telephone interview, you can tell this is absolutely not the right sort of person. And you can get a huge amount of information from a telephone interview. I don't know if you're aware of it, but it used to be illegal for blind people to be on juries over here because people thought that they wouldn't be able to tell if someone was lying. And then someone thought to do a bit of research. And it turns out that blind people are actually better at telling if people are lying than sighted people (laughs) because they're not distracted by all the visual stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so we do a telephone interview. We don't do it as a video interview for exactly those reasons. And we have a whole list of questions that we ask people. We use a particular kind of profiling tool when we're doing that, and we do all sorts of other questions as well. Um, But, you know, you don't always have to do that, but I would always recommend a telephone interview. And then... And hold on, hold on. Before you speed forward, how how long is that telephone interview? And how many of those do you have to do? I mean, those can be, you know, half an hour to an hour. Or, you know, they could be shorter depending on the level of the job and what you need to know. But the key thing really is you should have a list of 
all the things you need to know about the candidate. And in my view, you should get as much information off that list from the candidate from either your application form or your telephone interview well before you have them at a final interview. You should look at everything on that list and say, right, which of these can I get from these first two stages? Because really, anyone who gets through to the final interview, you should be 80 to 90% sure they can do the job. Otherwise, they shouldn't be there. Hmm. So the telephone interview is another screening tool Yeah. before you get to a, a presumably a face-to-face interview. Is that what happens next? Yeah, then you do. Yes, that's your last interview. It's your face-to-face interview. And what about again, if you're hiring a virtual position? Is that where you introduce the video? Yeah, in that case, we would at that stage after you've done the telephone interview. Yeah. See, Dean, that's where you'd shine with your handsome good looks. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's got a assistant to rule that out because you'd be too charming otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But you say. see, that's also a good point, James, because sometimes people seem really nice. They're very attractive and, and witty and charming and all that kind of thing. Thank you. <laughs> but they may not be able to do the job. Um, and we try absolutely not to let our clients meet the candidates in person until we're pretty sure they can do the job because otherwise it's, oh, yeah, but Dean's so nice. We're going, yeah, but he can't do the job. Oh, yeah, but we really liked him. He's so charming. He's so good looking. Yeah, but he can't do the job. Oh, yeah, but we really liked it. You know, and that, that is disastrous. You Let's can't see. handle the truth. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, it's funny you actually said that uh, just on this point because this is actually – like a great topic for me for what I've just been going through. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm loving this to be honest. But so like one of the, my experiences speaking, I think goes well with what you're saying is I found that when I'd met people face to face, I found it harder to tell them no. Yeah. It was strange. It was almost like, Oh, I, they, they, like you've just said, like, oh, but they're a really nice person. <laughs> and it was like, you, you know, they, they always re- came across really keen, like they want it. But you've got that's like right. that gut instinct, thing, instinct inside you that's like, you know, deep down, they're probably not right. But there's yep. also another side that's like, but they do seem so nice. And that's I really right. don't want to let them down here. Yeah. You see, that's one of your other big failings, Dean, is you're obviously too nice. That is something I suffer with. Yeah. And in this context, the key thing here that that can really help is a lot of people think they're looking for the in in inverted commas the best candidate actually you are not looking for the best candidate you are looking for a candidate who meets a clear set of criteria now doing that changes the whole way you do your recruitment process because if you're looking for the best candidate well james you're a scientist tell me when you're ever going to find the best candidate never Exactly. You never will know because there always could be Ooh, someone else. I'm glad I passed that quiz. <laughs> yeah, you got that one. That was yeah. nice seeing James on the spot there. I, <laughs> well, you should I know came, the I came through, Dean. You I did. came through. Yeah. If he, I would have been so disappointed if you hadn't got that one, James. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I would have liked to have heard, heard a bit more conviction, if I'm honest. I'm not, I'm not sure, quite sure we can give him a green tick for that one. <laughs> get, out, get out of here. Keep going, Nancy. <laughs> yeah. So, but this is a really big mental shift, isn't it? Totally. Because most people want the best candidate and they're never going to find it. And that's why people have such trouble making decisions about the candidate. Whereas if you say, no, I want someone who can do these five things to this standard, who has these values and who behaves in these ways in these situations, as soon as you get one of those, that's it. You offer them the job. Hmm. Now, when you're in the situation you were in, Dean, and you've got someone who's obviously terribly nice, charming and all that kind of stuff, 
but they can only probably do four of those things and they don't have exactly the behaviors you're looking for. If you've got those crystal clear criteria, it's so much easier to say, well, James, you know, it's been great talking to you. Absolutely fantastic. You've got all these skills. Unfortunately, we are looking for these five things. You have four of them, but we need someone who's got that fifth one as well. So I'm really sorry, but at the moment, we can't take you further for this. (laughs) (laughs) And that's exactly how you'd end that call, is it? (laughs) Yeah, you have have the Pac-Man sound effect ready to go. Yeah, you, you make it so much easier because you can then say, if they were really nice, you can say, look, come back to us when you've learned that skill. And if we've got a vacancy, then we'll be really interested to talk again. Right. Yeah, mm. that makes sense. I, I, I like that, actually, because that was one of the areas, actually, strangely, I struggled with is what do yeah. I say when I'm saying no? Like, yeah. how, like you know, how do I tell this? You Because, again, like you just said, I'm very nice. So I'm like, yeah. I don't want to say, no, you're not right. I want to be like, you know, there was nothing wrong with you. It was me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that that is the key thing. And you shouldn't be talking about you as well. It's like, it's your skills. You know, you've got these four skills and you, you haven't got this one up to the standard we need at the moment. Or it may be sometimes I've actually said to people, I've had one particular guy and I said to him, look, this really isn't the right job for you, is it? (laughs) This guy's just looked at me and he's going, no. (laughs) (laughs) And we then spent 15 minutes going through, well, what should he be talking? You know, who should he be talking to? What should he be looking for? And he went away really happy, really happy, even though I turned him down. I feel like that might be a good starting question for every interview and just see how the response comes in. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's right. That might work for sales positions. I don't know if it'll work for some others. Yeah, It'll be you, like, you, oh, my God, this person's so mean. I'm out of here. Well, you see, one of the other key things that's really important when you're recruiting is you must remember that it is not the candidate's job to be great at the interview. It is your job to find out if they have the skills and behaviors and the values that you're looking for. Because most people are just not good at interviews. And the ones who are, that's probably all they are good at very often. I loved interviewing. When I used to go for interviews, I was like, I don't even know if I want this job, but I just want to get the offer. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And, you know, I'm sure you're great at some things, James, but as we know, you don't like being employed. That's right. I suck at that piece. Pretty much rules out a lot of jobs, doesn't it? It rules out 99% (laughs) of jobs. Yes, it does. Yeah. Um, so, so let's let's shift gears here for a second because mm. this, all this stuff sounds like okay. Wow, there's this new way of doing things. Sounds like at the end it's going to work out better. But as with anything new and people wanting to try a different approach, it also sounds like it could be work, right? It's not at least you know right now people are like, oh well, at least I know how to like look at resumes. I don't have to put all those questions together and 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 all that. But the cost, I want you've done a lot of research and studying on the cost of the bad hire and doing it the wrong way versus this way. Can you just spend a minute or two talking about the implications of doing this the wrong way? Well, um, there's quite a bit of research on how much it costs you to get the wrong person. And people reckon it's between four and 14 times their salary. Now, we actually used to have a little widget on our website where we asked people if they got some difficult person who wasn't doing a good job to just fill in these little figures to tell us so that you could work out how much that person had cost them we got it as way more than that we had 
it, it was a hospital. Um, I'm not going to obviously say which one it was, but they had someone who cost them £2.5 million. He was a surgeon. Um, it's okay to say it. Nobody actually listens to this show anyway, <laughs> so you can speak very freely. It was somewhere down in London. Uh, there was another one, which was a college, and they had one of their department heads who had cost them a million pounds a year for 10 years by doing all sorts of stupid things, losing them contracts and stuff like that. I mean, we had another client who had a guy, and two years later, they were still finding mistakes he'd made. And basically, he just hadn't been paying their suppliers. And then suppliers stopped supplying. But nobody knew that was what was going on. And it it just caused masses of problems. And it's easy to imagine that just because someone is in a relatively lowly position, they couldn't really cost you much money. But, you know, if you just think of someone in a warehouse, if they send out one customer the wrong thing, you could lose that customer. That could be a huge amount of sales. Just the cost of sending it back, dealing with the complaint, you know, taking the goods back, sending out new ones. It's a lot of money time after time. And also there's all your time. There's the time of your colleagues. There's the stress. It always works out as a lot more than you think. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd be. The actual, the smallest cost in mm. that equation is what you pay, you're paying the person. Very probably. Right. All of the other costs, the mistakes, the yeah. missed opportunity to have somebody, yeah. the right person in there. Well, I think here's my favorite example. Let, let you, you do the math, James. We talked about this. You know, if you hire just say an average salesperson, yeah, compare that person over a year to someone who just produces 10% more sales. Over the year, you've lost all those sales, haven't you? Yeah. And that's a big cost, but that's a cost people never think about because they think, oh, yeah, well, you know, John, he's he's fine. Or Angela, you know, eh, she's sort of average, she's fine. But if you had Angela plus 10%, that would make a huge difference, wouldn't it? Because that's all going to be money. Yeah, so people are just, they're just prepared to put up with stuff because, well, you know, it's a bit more, more effort. But it's not, you see, that's the thing, hiring properly I mean, I just ran into one of our clients, one of our new clients at a conference I was at yesterday, and she was just rushing up to me. She's going, what you didn't tell me, what I didn't realize was just how much less work it would be. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose I just, because I sort of forgotten. I mean, I know, you know, you and I both know a, a friend of ours, Alec, who, who runs his own business, and he used to spend in his company hours and hours, you know, 50 to 100 hours searching through CVs. And then interviewing people not very well. I'm sure he'd be happy to, to confess to that. And then hiring the wrong people. And it is a huge amount of work doing it badly. And then, of course, you've got the cost of having got the wrong person. And only 20% of, of new hires are actually really successful. That's a, oh. that's a shocking number, too. That is, actually. <laughs> well, I read these stats and I thought, surely it can't be that bad. But actually, since then, I've, when I've talked to people, I mean, even one guy I met who's an accountant who said, oh, yeah, I'm pretty good at hiring. I've got a team of people who've been with me for like 10, 15 years. And I thought, oh, that's really impressive. Well, how do you go about it? <laughs> well, it turns out that every one that is good, he'd actually hired four other ones who he, he fired after three months. Mm. So actually, he hasn't really got that really high success rate at all. He's just using working with him um, as part of his hiring process right which costs him his time which costs him money oh yeah and all those other things oh yeah when well, he he was because he has to train them personally it's horrendously um costly for him so yeah it's much more costly in every way to do it badly 
so getting here towards the end of our time together with my blessed and mm. lovely British people on this show today. <laughs> Um, who feel, I feel like I've just like, I'm standing taller today. My posture is better. Good. Uh, for my, I'm going to speak more properly in the rest of my day. I was going to say, when are you going to start speaking properly? That I would, would have liked to have seen you drinking tea as well. Yeah. Next time. I'm going to bring my, <laughs> yes. uh, my English tea next time. English breakfast. And a little biscuit. A biscuit. We did get the biscuit. word rubbish on the show today, which I thought was kind of fancy. Um, so, so if, if people want to dive in deeper with hiring and all the thing, all those things, and, and in fact, you know, what, what people listening should know is if you don't want to do any of this stuff, you can actually just pay Nancy and she'll do like her and her team will handle everything for you. So where, where can people go to find out more information on working with you and potentially getting some more resources to help them sharpen up their hiring skills? Or they could go to vinehousehiring.com. I think you've got the link, haven't you? And it'll be there sort of underneath this podcast. But it's just vinehousehiring.com. Uh, go along there, contact us. You can email me, nancy at vinehouse.com. More than happy for you to do that. Um, and we'll go through what your needs are and, and if we can help. But I guarantee you it can be easier, less costly, and you can get much, much better Outstanding. results. Outstanding. Mr. Holland? What, what's your big takeaway from this show today? Every moment's actually been a takeaway today. This is, I feel, I feel for me, this has been one, this is like an incredible podcast. And I think actually for, for the right person listening to this at the right stage in their business, this is, this is just going to have been mind blowing. So, mm. uh, yeah, I think you, you've actually, in many respects, you've torn apart everything I've done over the last three months and told me how wrong it was. Oh. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. We'll come back to me next time and I'll, uh, I'll help you get it right. But I, I think the other thing is from what you're saying, you know, in the right time in your business, we so often get people who say, oh, I need someone yesterday. I, I, I won't mention James, obviously. <laughs> Good. Um, but if you are running your business and you're thinking, well, I need someone in like three months, six months time, that's really the time to start looking at it and working out what you really need. And because part of our process is that we do do quite a bit of research on it, that takes a bit of time. And sometimes you find, look, these people will take quite a while to, to get because there aren't many of them. Um, even sometimes relatively simple things you might imagine, like stonemason we did recently, uh, quite hard to find. So do try to think ahead a bit if you possibly can. That's what I would really urge you. Don't wait until you're so busy, you've got absolutely no time to do anything and everything's falling apart because that's when you get really tempted to make really bad decisions. Great advice. Great advice. Thank you. Outstanding. Anything else, uh, anything else from your neck of the woods, Dean? I, uh, I, th- I think we're good. I think I'm done here. You're My done. Work is your done. job is done. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, Nancy, so, such a pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you for all of this. For you guys listening, go over to uh, vinehousehiring.com. Check out what Nancy's up to. If you need help hiring, recruiting, all those things, she's a complete badass at it, uh, even though she wouldn't use that language. I know, I know, but let me do it on your behalf. And so uh, for uh, (laughs) for my lovely co-host, Dean Holland, this is James B. Friel signing off from Just Tips. We will talk with you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justthetipshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to get free from the day-to-day operations of your business while making more money, visit me, 
at jamespfreel.com forward slash autopilot. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.